folk singer-songwriter Jesse Maitis is probably best known as one-third of the Crooked Brothers. And over the past decade or so, the Crooked Brothers have done non-stop touring all over the world, they've released three great albums, and have just generally been a force to be reckoned with in the local and Canadian roots folk kind of scene. Jesse, however, is someone who I've known for most of my life at this point. We first started a band together about 23 years ago when we were in grade 7. And uh, ever since then, it's been so cool to watch his success. First as a solo artist, and then with the Crooked Brothers, and now back again, his first professionally produced solo album uh, called Tamarock, which is coming out this Friday. First, first and foremost, the album is fantastic. I think that uh, as someone who's known Jesse as long as I have, and have heard so much of his music over the years, I think that Tamarock really is the definitive Jesse Matus album. It, it takes all of the best things from his sound, from his earliest solo projects, to his work with the Crooked Brothers and beyond, and really just draws all of that together into a really cohesive whole. And I couldn't be happier to see him releasing this because I think it's going to be really successful. I got the chance to talk to Jesse, who no longer lives in Winnipeg, um, when he was in town preparing for the release show. It's a really great episode, a really fun conversation with a guy, like I said, I've known since I was 12. And uh, we talk about the album, we talk about uh, his inspiration from nature, we talk about uh, all kinds of things, really. Jesse's one of those guys who is always welcome in the podcast whenever he's in town or whenever he's available, and I'm glad we got the chance to connect before the album release show. So listen for Tamarock. It's really, really good. Uh, it's absolutely going to be on my top of the year local albums list, even though I don't know if he counts as local anymore. But his heart is in Winnipeg, and his soul is in Winnipeg, and I think that comes through both on the album and on the podcast interview. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by our friends at the Park Theatre. Please visit myparktheatre.com check out all the great shows they have coming up. Thank you to everyone who supports my dad's show. If you'd like to support Witch Police Radio, go to patreon.com slash witchpolice today. You're listening to Garbage Show, Winnipeg's first podcast network. Welcome to Witch Please Radio. I am uh, in a car with uh, one of the... I, I was going to say you were one of the first guests on the show. I don't think you were, but you were like spiritually one of the first guests on the show. <laughs> in the sense that everyone who started the podcast in 2012 was people you had played music with before. I mean, you know, I, I, the first band I was ever in, I think we talked about this last time you were on the show, was with you on bass and I was on guitar when we were 12. Yep. So you were kind of, yeah, you, you've always been a part of Witch Police despite not being a part of Witch Police, if that makes sense. I think if you had been kind of more in the city, you probably would have done it with us anyway. Yep. So Jesse Maitis, uh, you know, if uh, I didn't get to that part yet, <laughs> um, best known perhaps as one third of the Crooked Brothers, now back in Winnipeg to release his first solo album. I guess not first, but first. First, but first. Because you've done a lot of records kind of DIY over the years prior to the Crooked Brothers. Just making music and putting things, burning CDs. Yes, yes. Dubbing tapes of music. But this is is coming on vinyl. This is your first pro solo release. Yeah, I think that's the big difference is it's it's on record. It's on a vinyl record. So it's legit. It feels like a legit album. (laughs) Yeah, totally, totally. And so you're releasing that this weekend at the West End Cultural Center. That's correct. Cool. Friday. Friday night. 
Who's who's opening for that show? Leaf Rapids. Okay, right on. Uh, Carrie and Devin Latimer. Right. And they are amazing. That's half of Nathan. Right. For people who know that band. Um, some of the best songwriting I've ever heard. Yeah, for sure. And uh, Hannah Godfrey. Okay. Also goes by Hannah G. Is going to be reading some stories. She's a great story writer and teller. And she does a podcast and a radio show called Monkey Sparrow. Cool. And also runs Ace Art. Oh, right on. Okay, that's that's cool. That's cool. So it's pretty. It's not. It's, it's a little bit diverse, but not too straying from what you do. Right. As a you know singer songwriter folk roots storytelling kind of vibe. That's kind of how I would describe my album. It's diverse, but not straying too much from what I do. Right, which is what you want, I guess. Yes. <laughs> you want to have the, the typical Jesse made a sound, whatever people have kind of determined that to be over time, <laughs> <laughs> and then and then you know get venture out a little bit, and then but stay stick with that, right? So that's a good way to describe it. Yeah. Whatever the weather has told me is going right, on. right. <laughs> and the the album Tamarock was uh, you crowdfunded this, right? Yes, I did a how, crowdfunding for pre-orders and. And uh, help. And was that successful? Did you, did you able to get reach the amount you wanted? Yes. Very cool. Yeah, that was amazing. Um, it, it's always terrifying. I feel like it's the same thing with the show on Friday. The the support of a community seems to come come in often at the last minute. Yeah, yeah. And uh, right when you needed to, right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but until then, it's just terrifying. It's like, wow, I just spent twenty five grand or whatever yeah. on this thing. Yeah. And hopefully, people buy it or support it or whatever in any way hopefully like it's not just a bomb and everyone hates yeah, it exactly. yeah, yeah. so how long in advance was it was it already recorded when you started the crowdfunding or yeah it's okay so um but it wasn't printed so part of that helped help to fund that and and help to pay off the what you owed on yeah, making exactly yeah, yeah cool and where did you record it i recorded it at private ear okay uh, so it was, it was in here it was in, it was in winnipeg yeah. Recorded over the course of a week, and most of the tracks were recorded over the course of three days, just live off the floor. Right on. With the band, um, <clears throat> and then a few that I did solo, and ended up uh, doing a few more songs uh, with some overdubs. Cool. Mostly live off the floor. Cool. Well, I think the reason it's kind of a big deal that you're playing the show this weekend is because you haven't been in Winnipeg for a while. Yeah. And, I mean, you've been for visits, but you haven't been... A Winnipegger for how long now? Uh, I guess a year. Right. So yeah. people haven't seen you, <laughs> and the Kruger brothers around. have been on hiatus, right? So yeah, yeah. So there's been nothing except for just like internet posts and stuff that's saying you're working on an album and crowdfunding and yeah, exactly. And now you're here. Now I'm here. I'm here in the flesh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The the new baby is certainly taking some of the time. Yeah. For I bet. That yeah. And yeah. My not being as present in the music scene but it's worth it's worth it for that but you've had the record kind of bubbling under the surface for a while though so i mean that is sort of building up to this right does uh once the album comes out i mean once the release shows over and everything like that and you you go back home um what's the plan next with that are you planning on doing more shows or touring in support of it or are you just sort of just like boom here's the record and then take time to work on other stuff i'm gonna play shows uh, I do think that that's the best way to Usually, play yeah. music is, <laughs> yeah. is, uh, is just get out and play it for people. Um, Ontario, there'll be a few shows. I already have three booked for okay. start of December, and then I'm going to book some more shows in January and February. One nice thing about living down there is that I don't have to tour. Because like, you can drive. 
yeah, you can do just a weekend of shows and then drive back home, right. which is totally different than Winnipeg, where you can play in Winnipeg and then you have to drive. You have to go eight hours yeah. in and, any direction. To, yeah, yeah. And you should probably go for at least a week or two right. to make it worthwhile. Right, and that's a struggle a lot of bands have, too. I mean, especially... Uh, you kind of have the, the benefit of having been in the Crooked Brothers and done a ton of touring with that band and put mm-hmm. out three records. So you have sort of a name recognition at this point, right? I mean, that's got to help as well. Or is it... Are people not connecting Jesse Matus to the Crooked Brothers? I think both. I think that the vast majority... Like in Winnipeg, I think people do. Yeah, I think so too. I think but even I, when like Matt Foster plays shows, people are like, oh, this is the guy from the Crooked Brothers. Yeah. And, and that same audience sort of follows him, right? But yeah. But I don't know. I like. I guess I actually don't know because I haven't been playing too many shows. Right. So I don't know if that audience is going to follow or if, you know, the other, if all the members of the Crooked Brothers are considered members of the Crooked Brothers um, or what. Like, it, I guess it's I public uh, perception is something. That well, I think I it depends know. on how you market it too, right? <laughs> if you start telling everyone, oh yeah, Jesse from the Crooked Brothers <laughs> is playing a show here, you might. Then in theory, people would understand. One would hope, yeah. <laughs> But do you think, I mean, I've heard the album, it's really good. Um, do you think that people who liked your work with the Crooked Brothers are going to also like this? Do you think it's similar enough in tone and sound that it's going to appeal to that audience? Because, I mean, there's some different stuff you're doing. Yeah, on the record. I think so. I think that there are enough similarities in the sound tonally. and okay. uh, Especially in the production of it. I think that that kind of... Okay. Is one of the big ties. In what way? Um, the actual tonality of instruments and the, the sounds that I feel like that's something that, that Matt Darwin and I always really kind of, we kind of shared this sense of what we like okay. in the sound. And that's and the sound on. of an instrument. And yeah. I think that that just kind of naturally carries on cool. because we all kind of shared pretty similar tastes and like we like things to sound a little dirtier or yeah. deeper or yeah and actually take the time to get those sounds in the studio well and that's been your experience in the studio over the past three records you've worked on too right so i mean yeah it's, it makes sense that that's going to come through yeah exactly. as well one thing that i like about the record I, there's a lot of things i like about the record um but i like that there's a few songs where you kind of go full on crazy horse with, <laughs> <laughs> like there's the folk songs which i mean everyone everyone who's heard you before knows you're good at writing folk songs you, you know you, you have very good um storytelling lyrics you know you, you get into characters and stuff like that but Folk is folk, but then there's a couple ones where you amp it up a bit, and it's kind of like, I have the impression that these could go extended jams if you wanted to on some of these, yeah, if you were live, you know? Like, like, uh, tomorrow and the next day we're doing some rehearsals for the show, and yeah. I think that that's where it's going to go. Yeah. And it's, on the recording it kind of did, but uh, one difference on the recording is that we didn't have Damon playing guitar, who's going to play guitar okay, on Friday. Okay. So. so that's going to be even more... So there'll Even be more, more guitar. Yeah. yeah, cool, cool. And is that is is that the the influ- actual influence for those two? Is that like are you just Neil Young's even in there from the Winnipeg uh, connection? Or I guess so. Like I don't think it was a conscious thing. Um, I mean, I've listened to that a ton, and I probably love your it. whole and, life, right? Yeah, yeah. And I do think that those songs, like the writing of those songs, was in- influenced by the kind of like they're very Manitoban environments, mm-hmm. or like Canadian Shield and. And rhythmically and whatnot, I think that maybe they just came from the same source as okay. a lot of his. Maybe it makes sense, right? Because he grew up in Ontario, <laughs> spent high school time in Winnipeg. It's the same same yeah. geography, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, I sang higher. 
Right. Yeah, yeah, that, that might be it. That might be it, for sure, yeah. Because typically you have a fairly low voice, right? I mean, when you're singing, yeah. yeah and I play electric guitar. That also adds to it, yeah. I, I think, and, I, and not to compare it too much to Crazy Horse, but I think what I've always liked about the Crazy Horse stuff that Neil Young does is that it's usually based around, like, a really simple thing musically going on, mm-hmm. and then it opens it up to do whatever. Like, yeah. And it's kind of like, if you wanted to have a five-minute guitar solo there where you're playing the same notes 600 times, you could, yeah. or you could just cut it off and keep it as a tight, concise song. And I kind of feel like these songs on the album have that openness to them where you don't really know. I mean, a folk song, start, middle, end, nice tight package. This is kind of like, it feels more, not in not, 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 not a jazz way, but more <laughs> open, you know what I mean, for yeah. something else to happen. Yeah. yeah, so I don't know. That's what I liked about those, those tracks. No, I think that's bang on. And something I wanted to do was just to write songs that have simple... Yeah simpleness to them and uh i played them on uh umfm today just by myself live, yeah, yeah. with a, an acoustic guitar and and they are like that they're concise and and ended up you know that i wasn't jamming with myself right so <laughs> that'd be cool to hear <laughs> but, uh, but live it'll be very different with yeah. the whole band yeah that's cool that's cool so um are, being in ontario have you rehearsed with this band yet or is it just kind of last minute What's well, the band from the album? Okay, so they know the songs. Other, okay, other yeah, than yeah. Damon. yeah, yeah. And, uh, so that that helps, right? <laughs> yeah, and I I do think that those songs actually help with that too. Like having yeah. the simple songs and just leaving most of the time on stage open yeah. to to whatever the musicians want to bring, so they can just get the basics down and then just go from there. Yeah, exactly. That's cool. What are you planning to do? I'm assuming these are local musicians in Winnipeg. What are you doing when you go back to Ontario? I have no idea yet. That's <laughs> only a month away, and I yeah. haven't even broached that okay. in my own mind. Okay. So, <laughs> You're so, here for a month? No, the the shows are Oh, the shows away. are a month Okay, yeah, yeah. So I guess the answer is when I get home, I'm going to look for musicians. Right, And right. if I don't find them, I'll just play the songs by myself. Sure.
I mean, when you're playing with the band, not necessarily on those songs we were talking about, but does it does it change the kind of makeup of the song? Obviously, it changes with you have more people playing, but do you have to reinterpret how you're kind of structuring the song to suit a band versus just yourself? Yeah, for sure. Um, I think the people's personality and the way they play yeah. certainly influences the song, and that's something that... Hopefully there are rehearsals before the show, and you can uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. you can kind of get an arrangement or a vague arrangement of what's going to sound yeah. good. Like if uh, if it sounds great to extend the songs, then do it. But if it doesn't, then sure. you'll have to act as director and be like, okay, we're going to just play this by the just as it is on the, as as it the, is record, on yeah. the album yeah. or or whatever. But, yeah. Because I always wondered how Chuck, Chuck Berry did that. I mean, you know, recipes or whatever. But he, you know, he used to get, from what I understand, different bands every single night, and mm-hmm. he would just be whatever local people showed up yeah, and kind of knew the songs. I, I, I can't imagine that. Like it just traditional it, blues thing to just show up, yeah. and then like, okay, you guys play this and he like yeah. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. I can't imagine half of those songs sound supposed to sound terrible. Oh, just because sure. you got amateur guys like, hey, you got a guitar, cool. We'll get Chuck to come. You know, <laughs> you got hundred bucks in the guitar. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how you can do that. But I mean, I guess I guess you have the benefit of just being able to, and he could have too, I suppose. But just go out by yourself if you want. Yeah, exactly. And that helps, I guess. You know, for for playing shows. I mean, obviously, like you said, Ontario is more close to go from show to show. Yeah. But you know, having your, your life situation now, you know, mm-hmm. with the kid and everything, the fact that you can just go out on your own means you can do it with less planning. You yeah. don't have to organize some massive tour. You can just be like, okay, I'm going up for the afternoon. 
to the next town over yeah, and then yeah. come back, right? Exactly. Without needing to get everyone's, everyone involved, get people time off work for musicians and stuff. Yeah. So that's cool. Yeah. I don't know where I'm going with that. But <laughs> no, that is a very nice thing about It's like a perk, there. right? It's, yeah. It's, it's like, a, it's a, certainly an ease of, of scheduling and yeah. stuff like that. And there yeah. are a lot of places to play and I'm just kind of learning them now. Yeah, well, yeah, it makes that, sense. Like, I'm not from there and it's a whole new world yeah. really once you get past marathon or wherever you're, right, right. you're in a different different part of the world like western canada is very connected to like the cities are connected to each other sure. but as soon as you get past the lake superior it's kind of a different part i think it's good, it must be because like. the distance right the distance has got to have a lot to do with it because even calgary and edmonton they're not really that close. I mean, they are compared yeah. to Winnipeg and like, <laughs> you know, Regina or something. But still, yeah, it's like there's city, massive amount of territory, city. And yeah. I guess when you get east, it's just city, city, city. Yeah, and exactly. So the cultures, yeah. How do you, um, do you feel like you sound Winnipeggy in that environment? Like, is there is there something different? I mean, a lot of people play folk music all across Canada, obviously. And I'm sure you share a lot of influences with some of the people you're playing shows with out there. Yeah. But is there something uniquely Manitoba about your sound that you kind of hear when you're hearing Ontario artists? Or vice versa? I bet there is. Uh, like, I don't think that's a question that I could answer. Right, I right. think it's it would have to be somebody maybe from Ontario seeing me play and seeing me play beside Ontario sure. artists and stuff like that, but I certainly feel like there are sounds in Winnipeg that people are a little more attracted to, like yeah. uh, like Garnet Amps. Right, is, is yeah, because it's local. It's local, yeah. and it's, like, grimy, and and there's just a sound there, like a clarity and a dirtiness. Yeah, for at sure. At the same time, like, you can hear what the guitar sounds like. But it still has that edge to it, eh? Amazing yeah. amps. And I feel like that's a pretty typical Winnipeg sound. Sure, yeah. And there's probably an equivalent in whatever Ontario town of whatever amp the local guy made there, right? Yeah, has, exactly. Yeah, that's cool. Do you, um, like, now that you've been out of Winnipeg for a year or so, do you do you still feel, connect, feel connected to the Winnipeg's music scene? Like, I mean, obviously you spend a ton of time in the local music scene, but is it, are you still sort of, like, longing for the Winnipeg connectivity of the scene, or have you found something else to replace it? I would not say I've found something else to replace it. Um, it's very possible that there are places in Ontario that have that kind of scene. But I'm I, sure there are, yeah. I also think that Winnipeg is pretty special that way. Like, it's really part of the culture for people to go out and see music. Yeah. Um, and that being said, like, Hamilton has that too. Hamilton sure, sure. Is, a, is a city a lot like Winnipeg. Very working class, very, like, play music yeah. in your basement and go out and play shows and dirty bars and, like... Yeah. And community clubs and stuff like that. Um, I don't feel like KW has as much of that. And I think part of the thing with Southern Ontario is you have the option to bounce around. Right. The cities are so close that if you want to be part of a music scene, you can just move to Hamilton. Sure. Well, for Peterborough, like all places where there's tons of great music and probably a slightly lower cost of living, although that's disappearing in all of Southern Ontario. Yeah. I like think it's disappearing everywhere. <laughs> it's disappearing everywhere, exactly. Well, I guess, and I guess it's the same, I guess the opposite here is that, like, Winnipeg is sort of the place, right? I mean, there's obviously scenes in Brandon and Portage yeah. and Selkirk and Niverville and stuff, but most of those guys and girls end up here. Yeah. They, 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 they play, kind of play out their little scene locally and then they come to Winnipeg, whereas we have more options, obviously. Yeah. You're more mobile, right? And I mean, Toronto is like that. Like, Toronto has a great music scene, 
you can play every night in Toronto, but it's so expensive to live in Toronto. Yeah, oh, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That it is a very different thing. Like here, people can play music for fun more often. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can you can still have a mortgage and a family and a yeah. day job and and do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly, yeah. and that's not really that much of an option these days when you're paying two million dollars for a small house yeah that's crazy yeah i can't imagine (laughs) how people do that they just don't i guess i guess they just rent forever and then yeah yeah. exactly which is a lot of big cities are like that i suppose or a lot of people are moving up like past kingston or sudbury or and just commuting uh no just moving just not going yeah yeah yeah. and moving where it's cheaper and i think there's a pretty big exodus of artists from expensive places Makes that sense. was kind of been the thing. I'm sure Vancouver's got the same thing going on. It probably has for a while now because yeah. those houses are crazy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know a lot of people who've had to leave Vancouver, too. I know people who've left Vancouver for Toronto, and it seems like that's not really... <laughs> you're <laughs> yeah. not really accomplishing much. Like It's true. Yeah. <laughs> it's either get worse weather and still expensive housing. To the side, but I get tired after a while. Not like tamarack, I'd like to live straight and true. I'd like you to love me the way you do.
see you I walk to see you I walk to see you I walk to see you I think we may have addressed this a little bit last time I talked to you, which was what, a year and a bit ago, maybe, mm-hmm. because uh, you played some of the songs from the album live when we did that interview. Yeah. And is there, I mean, is there a overall theme to the record? I mean, I know that like it's clearly referencing certain locations and environment mm-hmm. and everything, but like lyrically, is there a theme to the record, or is it just sort of a collection of songs that came about at this time? Uh, I guess it is a collection of songs, but there are themes that I feel like in hindsight I've noticed that okay. like, oh this is and even just choosing the songs to go on the album I think that that would have been informed by which song went together and then ended up creating a little bit more of a of a theme I guess you'd call it um, I mean all of the songs take place out of cities okay. some of them kind of enter cities and, and mention them and in the environments of cities but all of them take place in Canada in pretty rural okay. environments, woodlands and stuff like that. So that's I mean environmentally that's a theme I guess okay. where it takes place. What is the appeal of that for you? Cuz that's not really new for your songwriting, is it? No, I guess it's not. Um and just not new for me in general. Yeah, yeah. I've always <laughs> right. like to be in places like that. That's probably why I chose to intentionally go to these places. Um more so I could be influenced and uh, kind of observe more of the things in these places right. that I like uh, in order to maybe record them someday or maybe like take that uh, energy okay. and make it into an output of my own at some point or let it, you know, however you want to say it, like, yeah, let yeah. it disseminate through my body and then out <laughs> and then, through the sound waves. Sure, sure, yeah, yeah, no, no, I get it, I get it. But it's funny because the, I mean, the places you're describing now and in the songs and everything, it's, it almost seems like, I know a lot of people get inspiration from rural and, and kind of wide open settings, but it seems like there's more stories in the city, right? I mean, it's like, you're sort of going from the, the amount of inspiration of just because there's so much going on in the city, mm-hmm. it seems like there's more to draw from, but you're finding the opposite. Yeah, somebody... Oh, yeah. I just did an interview with uh, the Herald. Okay. And Danielle... The Herald here? Like the... the yeah. Oaken right on, yeah. And, uh, the, uh, and Danielle asked me if I intentionally chose to isolate myself. Okay. Well, that's kind of what I was getting at, I guess, yeah. And that was... I thought that that was a very... Like, it's a very apt question, but I... I've never seen it as isolating myself. Right. And I think that that kind of answers your question is that I, I actually think there's way more going on in places like, uh, you know, just a, a woodland somewhere. Sure. I mean, obviously, like, when you think about it, oh, yeah, there's tons going on. There's, like, you know, mosses growing or yeah. whatever. And and I think because humans can can talk and communicate and we're making all these great things in cities, it's very easy to look at them and be pretty in awe of all these sure, things yeah. and our relationships but I think part of what I wanted to do was go and build on the relationships that I had with things like moss and trees I mean okay. it sounds pretty it sounds pretty a little, little cosmic there. yeah, yeah <laughs> a little cosmic yeah. but 
But essentially, that just means going out and being in it and observing. Sure, sure. And so you're basically like someone who's going to take wildlife notes or draw a painting of a scene, but you're just doing it through music. Yeah, and just to feel like the the energy in spaces, whether it's like the sound of trees or the sound of uh, like a lake or something sure, yeah. like that. Or animals or whatever. Or yeah. animals, yeah. 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 And, and letting yourself be influenced by okay. that and... Do you think that that sort of influence is better suited to folk music than maybe something else? I mean, just because of the simplicity and kind of stripped downness yeah. of of acoustic guitar and singing, like, or do you think would it work if you're in a punk band? Could you be in a punk band and yeah, go to the, very the woodlands question. and see if you could get the same inspiration? And then how would that? Cause I think folk is tied to that, right? It's 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 not yeah. it's not kind of unusual for a folk artist. To be in a photo, for example, sitting in the woods, yeah, <laughs> you know, exactly. serving guitar, right? It's, it's very yeah. typical. Um, do you think they like? Do you think they inspire each other, or do you think it's just that's like I don't know? It's uh... two of the songs that were most uh, out there yeah. on the album were the two uh, like very electric songs, okay. like "Walking Human" and "Rock okay. and Sand." Yeah, yeah. And I think those were the most uh, influenced by spaces far, far from okay. from people. Those so it's not necessarily were two trips just that the, I did yeah. way far from from places where I was like out by myself mm-hmm. and like a day's paddle or okay. a few days paddle from from civilization or something yeah yeah that. cool cool and uh so that was like electric guitar so the, the ones you're kind of yeah. describing more yeah, as, yeah. as crazy horse but there is like f- folk sensibilities in those sure, too and sure the punk I, I mean it's a random like very, yeah no that's a very good one because punk to me is such a it's so urban, right? It's so urban and it's so politically charged. Yeah. And But can you like, get that charge from nature? Can like you get I, I don't know. Political it's, charges from trees. I kinda wanna tell a punk band to go in the woods for a couple weeks, <laughs> then go back in an album and see what it sounds like. Yeah. In in a way, like I've I've I was having a discussion with Kyle who did the artwork. Yeah. That's and, cool artwork actually. Yeah, I was really lucky to work with him on it. And we actually did some trips together for oh, cool. this album. Like okay, that that helps, eh, to connect the, the two. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, he was... Uh, he mentioned that... Uh, the... Uh, oh, shoot, I just lost my train of thought. Um, Canoe Trips, art guy. <laughs> <laughs> Punk rock. <laughs> we may have to edit this. Oh, no, I'm not editing shit. <laughs> <laughs> um... I'll put a song here, if I remember. Punk rock. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, it's gone. It's okay. Well, the, the politics of the trees. <laughs> politics of the trees. That was it. The, uh... <laughs> the... He was saying that when he goes in to paint... Yeah. He goes into the woods and, like, a, a wooded area, like, you know, he can feel the energy there, and that's kind of what he's... He's painting is his own experience of the energy, right? Um, and that, at the best times, he can you know he, you can kind of hear the trees communicating and like right. you know there's like I've heard I guess however you interpret that, that there's like you know a mycelial network underground connecting the trees. So all the trees are actually physically connected, right? Sending each other information and nutrients and all of this stuff. Sure, yeah, yeah. So they are communicating in that way and if you can kind of feel that and sense it as a person then it kind of 
gives you a relationship with okay. those, okay. and you can be part of that conversation in a way. But he mentioned that like one of the things that trees would be feeling is probably mourning for a lot of the like clear cuts and right. whatever the 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 not taking care of woodlands. That, so the trees want we've done. Trees want to fight fight men. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So like that's. The trees yeah, are the, some punk rock yeah, there. Yeah. In... The trees are the disenfranchised youth of the forest. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> not youth, but they're old, but disenfranchised seniors of the forest. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Okay, it works. There's <laughs> trees growing up in suburbs. Like, oh, totally, yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, it's right, yeah. yeah. Getting influenced by the same stuff, getting it's mad about the same stuff. Yeah. Exactly, if you think about it. Trees and people. It's there. Yeah. We're one and the same. <laughs> Cosmic. <laughs> um, so, yeah, no, that's, that's cool. It's, uh, it's just, because um, it, it's interesting, because folk always seems to be that, Genre, right? Or country, maybe. But it's always acoustic, right? You country, know, especially. Yeah, I mean, country is country. Like, yeah. it's out in the country. Yeah. That's like... Or even, like, you know, traditional music. Like, traditional Irish music, for example. That's... You always see a dude on a rock with the wind blowing in his hair playing a little, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, no, it, it's it's weird. It's weird that those are so associated. Country, especially, right? You're, you're on a farm. You're on a ranch. You're, you know, sitting in the middle of a field that some guy's plowed. Like, you, you know, you're, you're on a horse. Yeah. You're not... Usually, you're not like you know in a parking lot uh, beside a movie theater in the mall, <laughs> yeah. you know. Uh, and I mean, yeah, it's, I don't know where I'm going with this, but we are in a car in a parking lot in a city uh, in the movie theater beside the mall. Exactly. So that's why I thought. Objects of a generation 
being the futures we have always acted in. This story, this boundary, being one of many. Your dream finds a job. You work nights, mornings too. The creek is cold, but your legs never get so. Break off. Spend as much as you can on words. Throw dirt over. Water. Sing differently on this record? I feel yeah. like you sing differently than you did on the Crooked Brothers records. I don't know if that's differently in the sense that you sound. I don't want to say you sound older because you are older, <laughs> but you sound it's you sound more grizzled, and yeah. not in a bad way, yeah. and not in the way that Matt with the Crooked Brothers used to do the really gruff voice, right? It's not like that, but you sound more old manish in a good way. If well, that... I am becoming a, more of an old man, right? And. Uh... <laughs> I don't know how to explain it other than you sound more old manish, but you say you, your voice seems to be more weathered. I guess is that. I mean, it probably like... is. I guess I, I do feel like I can. Um, push myself further than I could before. Okay. Like okay. even just singing in a band, I think that being in the Cricket Brothers was really great for, for singing. Like we yeah. just sang a lot, um, and before that, a lot of bands I was in I play instruments more than singing. yeah and or you'd brothers. just be the one guy singing and, and then and there'd be no one else kind of do the harmonies yeah. and stuff with you right so yeah. yeah and uh going busking like learning to sing loud generally I'm a pretty quiet person yeah yeah and uh having to learn that to like project so that people come and give mm -hmm. you the 30 cents or whatever whatever they have in their pocket <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 was really good for that well yeah I think you're the quietest of the three 
in the Crooked Brothers. Like your, your songs are definitely a little bit more subdued. Yeah. Right. Matt's are obviously very high energy, and Darwin's are a little bit in the middle, maybe. But yeah, yours were kind of the more. Yeah. I think I'd describe Darwin's as the highest highest yeah? energy. Maybe yeah, yeah. I'm just thinking in of Matt's vocals more so. His vocals are more kind of commanding, right? He does have a lot of energy in his vocals. Yeah, that's yeah. true. But no, yeah, I think Darwin's songs maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe are, yeah. Oh yeah, that is a good delineation. Yeah, you got the three kind of levels, right? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. You just sound. Maybe it's that you are by yourself, and I've heard you so much with that band lately. Like you know, within the past yeah. few years, there is an this... element of just like you know, the band isn't. Well, there was a band there, but the Cricket Brothers aren't there right. anymore. So, you know, you have to take center stage. Yeah, 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 exactly. Which which is fun and terrifying. Also, yeah, yeah. But well, because yeah, you've like been able to rely on them as kind of backing up and not not doing the whole you're kind of the main guy now right with the songwriting and everything before you it was all split up three ways exactly so, you know. yeah so you gotta come up with like you know 10 songs versus three or whatever yeah. <laughs> on the record yeah that's hard yeah so <laughs> <laughs> if people in winnipeg want to hear the record i mean obviously the best thing they should do is probably go to the show i would imagine right yep what are the details about the show again show is uh on friday november 9th at the west end cultural center doors are at 7 15 show is at 8 Hannah starts it off, and then Leaf Rapids, and then me. Okay. Uh, I think tickets are 20 in advance or something. Okay. Um, and then if people can't make the show, or they're hearing this after the show's already happened, how do they find your music? What do they do? That's a good question. I've like I've been sending out vinyls by mail, and okay. it's so expensive. To oh, mail the shipping? Vinyl. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Twenty bucks to mail. I don't vinyl, buy records online because I always see stuff. Oh, this looks like a great deal. This album I wanted to get. It's only fifteen bucks, and then yeah. it's like, oh, but it costs thirty-five to mail it. So forget. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So mailing is tough. So if you, you know, honestly, if you're in like southern Ontario or Manitoba, track you down basically. Just track me down. <laughs> yeah. And, buy an album for me in person okay. i'm gonna leave a bunch of albums here you know into the music yep yep which is also music trader now it is yeah they're, and, they're, same name yeah they're both into the music now but yeah and mcnally will have them yeah cool cool um so i'll make sure that there's lots of vinyl in winnipeg that i leave cool and then for the weird youth people who listen to everything on the internet is it's all up there can they get it from uh, all of those yeah, providers it'll and... be on all the things okay <laughs> <laughs> is it officially not released until Friday? Like, is Friday the go day, or is it already available? November 21st is officially the oh, release. Oh, okay. But I think I'm going to put it up on the Spotify thing. So this is just the Winnipeg release? Soon, Because yeah. you're here. Exactly. Okay, that makes sense, yeah. Yeah, and I figured Winnipeg would get it first. That's good. I'm glad. <laughs> glad we're getting it first. <laughs> yeah. Um, so if someone wants to find out more about where you're playing shows, just hear, you know, what, what's going on, what's the best thing to do? Website? Yeah, jessemedias.com. Okay, and then you're on all the social media stuff, too? Yes. Okay. For better or for worse. Right. Right. They can get. I mean, we, we arrange this through social media, so it obviously works, right? That's true. Yeah. yeah. Cool. And okay. Well, if people want to hear more episodes of this show, including the multiple appearances Jesse's made in the past, uh, I think you were on. I think you've been on like five shows now or something. Because yeah. you did one at the very beginning with me and Rob and John. Yep. And then you did one with John. Yeah. When I wasn't there with yeah, the guy the from Hoggy Frog. Japan yeah. themed one. And then you did one. Wow. I wish I knew about Buffalo Daughter. When I did that Japan episode, do you know what that band? I've heard the name. I don't. I don't think I. Is it good? Play some Buffalo. I'll I'll look it up. I'll look it up. (laughs) And then you were on last year, and I think you might have been on one time in between there too. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I think I was. I think you were too. Yeah. So, so yeah. I mean, you're anyway. Archives. Jesse's all over it. (laughs) Um, Your brother's all over it too. There's a lot of people who played in your bands are all over it. Have been on the show a million times. So. It's kind of my favorite thing about it is whenever I interview someone, thinking of all the connections on past episodes, and you got a ton just because you've played in bands with so many people here. So yeah. 
So yeah, go there, witchpolice.com. Uh, tune in on uh, Sunday nights at midnight on UMFM to hear past episodes of the show. So by the time this airs, the CD release party will have been long over and Jesse's already back in Ontario, you know, probably months <laughs> months ago. Yeah. But but you can find it online. You can find it hopefully at those stores and you should pick it up. Definitely. Um, I just thought of something. What did you think of? You originally started this podcast and website as a archive and kind of database of Winnipeg music I did. history. I did. Sort of. Yeah. And I'd just like to point out that at this point, I feel like if you go into the podcast archive and like look through, just thinking about even you interviewing me, yeah, it's created a history. Yeah. Yeah. Of Winnipeg music history. Right. Because there's songs on every episode. Yeah. And like since we switched the format over to just being songs by the guest, there's, yeah, there's years of interviews and music by local artists. So. Yeah. It's cool. So that's cool. Can't stop, won't stop. It seemed arbitrary, it seemed 
damned insane How they would draw Draw 